Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Gleason, and this is Unmuted by Mosaic. Hi guys, um, I'm Veronica. I am a junior psychology major. My name is Anika Barr. I am a freshman, and I am currently an education major. My name is Shanna. I am a junior marketing major. Hey guys, I'm Jessica White. I'm an environmental studies major and a junior here at Point Loma. And I'm really excited to be talking to you guys about therapy because it's super awesome. Hey everyone, this is your host, Sarah. This episode is about therapy. It is so rich in information and experience. It will give you the roadmap to access the tools on campus available to you, as well as give you four encouraging voices. This episode has so many good points, but I think our guest Veronica sums it up really well by saying, I wanted growth and I wanted healing and I wanted a better life for myself. We'll cover some key points about therapy specifically, how to access free therapy on campus, who should go to therapy, the unique relationship that you have with a therapist, and the benefits of all of it. We'll be talking to four guests today, Shanna, Jessica, Veronica, and Anika. This episode is structured so that the practical how-to of getting therapy on PLNU's campus is first, and then as we progress, we'll get more into the complexities of therapy and the journey it can take you on. Stay tuned until the very end to hear advice from our four guests. Before we dive right in, I would like to acknowledge the sensitive content that we'll be talking about today concerning mental health. But also specifically, I wanted to make clear that we're talking about eating disorders. So if that is something that is triggering and unhelpful for you to listen to, then please skip this episode and join us for the next one. And lastly, I want to acknowledge these guests. These students took a risk by talking about it, and I would like to honor and encourage that. They speak about mental health so honestly and explain both the beauties and the hardships that come along with therapy. But all of that to say, my hope is that their stories and advice affirm your value and inspire you to explore a part of yourself you may not have explored before. And maybe that's through therapy. So without further ado, let's get into it. Awesome. Thank you, Shanna, for being here. I'm so excited you're here. We got to talk a little bit briefly before the episode just about your journey to Mm -hmm. therapy and kind of figuring out or wrestling with this question of like, who is therapy for? So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your journey to getting to this place where you wanted to seek out therapy and maybe what some of those struggles were and questions that you answered throughout the process yeah so I sort of thought about it in high school just from time to time kind of um I didn't really know too much about it but I know like some of my friends did it but not a lot of them just maybe a couple um and like because of some things that I struggle with in high school I always wondered if it was something that um was for me or not but because of kind of the monetary aspect I didn't really think about it too much um and then when I came here um I mean since I'm a junior these past couple years have just been a huge like time in my life of just self-discovery and really just like digging deep into finding out more about myself and who I want to be um and so 
then I started to hear about more of my friends who are kind of involved in therapy or counseling. Um, and then I heard about the free counseling that's offered here at Point Loma. Um, and so because it was free, I was like, okay, kind of just like a, why not? Like, it sounds like something that might be beneficial. And if it's not, then I'm really not losing anything. So right. yeah, just kind of being open-minded to that. How did you hear about Point Loma's counseling services? Um, I think I heard about it through a couple of different avenues. Um, I mentor a freshman girl and uh, she was just kind of telling me that she was sort of interested in doing it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about that, but like maybe not enough. Um, and then a couple other of my friends were like, yeah, I do that, too. Um, but I think mainly through her is what kind of made me remember that I heard about it at some point in time. Um, so, yeah, but just recently. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is the Point Loma Counseling Service free? Yeah, so it's free. Um, so you get you get one intake session, which is basically like an introductory thing with um, your counselor, and they kind of just like get to know you a little bit, kind of get to know your family dynamic, um, and then they start your six sessions. So it's six sessions per academic year, um, but because I started mine just this semester, I'm going to get six for this semester, and then once the fall comes, I'll get six for like the 22-23 year. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, thought that it was six, only six sessions, like, for your whole time at Point Loma. Mm-hmm. But it's six sessions every year. Yeah. So okay. I was also, I didn't really know anything about it because when I got there, um, my counselor was just like, yeah, this is your intake session. So it doesn't count as one. Um, and then our next meeting will count as your first session. And I was like, oh, okay, like, how many do I get? And she was like, yeah, you get six per academic year. So once the new year starts, you can get six. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really good to know, and mm-hmm. I think helpful for people to know as well. Right. Um, have you started therapy? Yeah, so I actually had my first intake session um, on Wednesday. So it was really good um, just to get to know her and for her to get to know me. Um, so we didn't really do too much of a deep dive yet into my life or anything like that. But again, like she kind of just asked about my family dynamic and where I'm from and just the people in my life and the relationships that I have. Um, Just kind of get to know like my thought process and um, things that have had an impact on my life. And then she said for like to prepare for our next session, which is going to be after spring break. um, She just told me to kind of do like a layout of my life story, um, kind of just focus on the highlights and like the things that come to mind when it comes to like when I think of what shapes me or like the major events that have happened in my life. So I think, yeah, once I get to that first session, we'll start to do a lot of um, digging deeper into just kind of who I am. So yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I think it's important to note too that sometimes, not with all therapists, Mm -hmm. but sometimes with therapy, there is work that's done before therapy sessions and after therapy sessions. It's not necessarily just that like 50 minute or 60 minute session that you have with them um so I think that's an important thing to note yeah I mean she was definitely like taking notes about everything that I was saying um a to remember because I'm sure she has a lot of people but also just to kind of like do sort of like a lineup of just who I am and we were having like really good conversation and then they got into she got into kind of like the the like listed off questions that's just kind of like a routine for everyone that comes in um so just yeah just to find out more about how we think as individuals so yeah I can definitely tell like she was receiving all the information that I was giving her in a way that kind of 
wasn't just like learning about me but also just like taking what I was saying and working with it as a professional right so yeah it's exciting to I'm excited to hear more about her input yeah in the future that is awesome have you felt like therapy has become something you're more interested in pursuing because you're a college student that's a good question um I think what turned me off in high school to therapy besides the monetary aspect was kind of just this whole stigma around it that was like oh therapy is for people who like really really need it for an obvious reason and not to say that you know that's not true because therapy is for like people who are diagnosed with certain things and like people who do really need it but also that's like not what it's meant for only um and i think it's something that a lot of people think a certain way about that is kind of painted in a negative light that isn't necessarily true. Mm. If anyone listening is interested in pursuing the free Point Loma mm-hmm. counseling services that we have, can you walk us through maybe step by step yeah. what that process looked like for you? Yeah. So what I did, I just emailed the wellness center and I was like, hey, I'm interested in the counseling. I heard about it. How would I go about setting that up? And they get right on it. They send you an email that's like, okay, um, I, I forget exactly what the form was, but I think you fill out your availability and kind of the reasons why you want to do it. Just a really quick Google form, I think it was. Um, and then they get that, and then they set up a Google invite that your counselor sends to you. And then if that works for your schedule, just say yes, and then you just go in. And it's it's located at um, Taylor Hall, like that wellness center counseling center right in front of taylor so you'll see it as soon as you kind of enter the building but yeah i didn't even know that that was there before that but now that i know that i'm happy that i do (laughs) are all of the services in person right now i believe so yeah my intake session was in person and she hasn't mentioned anything about any zoom meetings um or anything and so yeah it was just um in my counselor's office and it's very like cozy setting just like chairs and um she wears a mask the whole time and I did too and so if anyone's sort of cautious about the whole COVID aspect I think they're doing a really good job of taking care of that yeah right and when you initially requested the services was a therapist assigned to you did you give any criteria of like I would rather have a female or a male or someone who is specialized in these things Mm. um No, I don't believe so. I think they kind of assign you your counselor based off of the information that you fill out on your form. So just like the reasons why you want to do it. And I forget the exact questions, but it's just a little bit about you. Um, And I think they kind of base it off of that. And so my counselor is a female. Um, I'm not sure if my guy friends have male counselors. Um, I'm not too sure about that. But the counselor that they assigned me, she's really, really cool. Um, she's lovely. Um, and our conversation was just great. And so I think regardless of how they do it, they do a really good job. Of, um, yeah, I really like my counselor. Yay, that's so good to hear. And it's such an awesome service mm-hmm. that it's free. Right. Because therapy is expensive <laughs> if it's not through the school. And so having that free option for six sessions every year is really really awesome yeah and I know six doesn't sound like a lot um but I think just having that person that you know that's going to be there constantly um and they always like tell you to reach out if you need them like 
the it's not just limited to the six sessions that you're able to talk to someone um and so i think even like spread out throughout the year like if you think about it like three three sessions per semester because i think they try to do it maybe once every month or once maybe every three weeks just like spread out a good amount of time um but yeah i think because our next session is a month from my first one so just like a couple weeks after spring break but you know it passes by so quickly right um so i think that's a good amount of time to have with them Jess is kind of an expert <laughs> on therapy, specifically on Point Loma's campus. So that's what we're going to focus on. So if you're interested in therapy and are wanting to do it through Point Loma, Jate is your point of contact through this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, please reach out. If you Jess, have questions, my Instagram is at jessica.whitey. Oh, okay. There you go. Plug. You want people to reach out to you? Yeah, if they want okay, to. Okay, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. She's open ears, guys. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jess. It's very kind. Yeah. Okay. Well, would you walk us through briefly what your experience with Point Loma Therapy has been? What are the options? What is it like? What are the pros and cons of each option? Yeah. So... I can say that I have experience in Point Loma therapy, but only really timely care that was online. I have never been to like the in-person Point Loma care. And part of the reason that that is, is I've heard back from a lot of people that have been going to that. And it is more of a Christian-centered therapy. And for me, like that area holds a lot of trauma. Um, I grew up queer in the church, so I think having a space where I could grow um, in an area that didn't trigger my trauma, I think that was really important to me. So I didn't really feel safe going to Point Loma therapy, but then I learned that we have a thing called Timely Care, and it's essentially therapists from uh, all around um, the United States, and it's all online. So that is can be a benefit or disadvantage depending on how you look at it. I think for me that was really beneficial because I could do therapy in my room. I could do it when I was home over quarantine. Um, and that's a big reason why I got into it is I kind of needed that support. And also a big benefit is it's free for every student. Um, and there are more free sessions online than you would get in person. I think in person you get six free sessions um, as a freshman, but I think online you get like eight to ten. So that's a really nice um, part of the online care. But yeah, I think for me, uh, the process was slightly difficult. I think the Timely Care website is a little bit hard to navigate. And so I think you have to be a little bit persistent about just being like, okay, I'm going to sit down at this time and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to find a time and like schedule an appointment with someone. And um, I think for me, I had to reach out a little bit more. Like I had to email like several people and be like, hey, like, do you have this time open? And like, there were a lot of people that didn't respond to me, which is hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when you're in that state and you're like, I really just need support. But I think for me, it was really important that I was persistent because a lot of good did come from it. Yeah, 
that's a good thing to note. Even if people don't respond, keep trying. Mm-hmm. Try several different people. You will find someone. Someone will respond. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. I've heard... I've never used Timely Care myself, but I have heard that when you go online, there's different avenues that you can look into, like therapists that are specific to certain areas. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah. So when you're looking through the Timely Care website, it'll basically pull up a list of a bunch of different therapists, and then you can click on that therapist and you can kind of see what their specialties are. So um, for me, I felt better avoiding like more christian centered therapy just because of my like past experience but i looked for therapists that um centered in lgbtq plus people and also like church trauma depression anxiety because that's what i had been struggling with so i think i wanted someone who more specialized in what i needed and they have a lot of like variety of topics they have like people who specialize in ocd stuff um also like sexual assault trauma so I think there's a wider variety of people who specialize in different things, which is good. Um, so you can kind of find what you want your therapy to be centered around. Right. And there's so many different types of therapy. So if you try one and you don't like it, in my personal experience, try another one. Mm-hmm. There's so many different options. Yeah. And I think the nice part about Timely Care is that since it's free, you do kind of have that flexibility so you're not held in by, like, how much therapy could potentially cost. Right. I know that another nice thing about Timely Care is because you're not billed for it, it's not going through insurance, which can be connected to family, which sometimes can be an awkward or maybe scary conversation to have. Have you had any experience with that, or do you find that as a benefit of Timely Care? Definitely. I When I first started going to therapy, I I didn't tell my parents that I was going. And I think a lot of it was that in my family, it was kind of looked down upon to get help, to go on meds. Anything in the mental health area was a little bit stigmatized. So I think I really, I didn't feel safe at the time telling my parents that I was going to therapy, especially because at the time, I think I was also struggling with a lot of stuff that kind of related to my childhood. And so... It, I didn't want to trigger something in my mom that made her go, oh my gosh, like, why are you doing therapy? Like, did I do something wrong? And now looking back at it, I don't think that's how she would have reacted. But in my brain, it was nice to have a space where I didn't, I could start it before telling her. Yeah, that is very nice. And just to be clear for anyone who's listening, if you are starting therapy and don't want to tell your family at first, that is so fair. And I totally understand that. So if that's where you're at, Timely Care or the Point Loma services are a great option and you can feel totally confident about that decision. Um, Jess, will you tell me a little about what a relationship with your therapist is like? Because it's not like your friends, but they also know all this stuff about you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a really unique relationship. How did you begin to learn about that and kind of navigate what that looks like? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different models for when you first start therapy. And I've heard a lot about the typical model of essentially you go in and you tell them your entire life story and what you want to work on. For me, I tried that in high school 
it didn't work. It kind of put me in this stress position where I was like, this person that I don't know anything about knows so much about me, and I don't know how they're going to respond, and I don't know if I can trust them. So the model that my therapist followed was more of a, you tell me what you feel comfortable, and we can build trust and go. Like, as, we, as we're building trust, like, we can get deeper into stuff. And I think that really worked well for me. Um, I think, for me, I really needed to know that before I, like, um, started disclosing a lot that she was affirming because um, that was something that I needed in a therapist. I think I'd struggle a lot with that myself, so I needed a therapist that was going to um, affirm my identity and not tell me um, that being queer is a sin, essentially, um, just because I've struggled with a lot with that. So that was a big point. Um, and also just that, like, she would affirm me um, in the way that it, well, not necessarily always affirm me, but kind of give me support and empathize before giving me advice. Mm. And so I think it takes time. So I think don't be afraid to have like a couple of sessions that are not super deep because um, I think that it's good to build trust. It's just like any relationship, like you're feeling you're making sure that you feel safe around that person before you can disclose a lot. I think that's a great point. Recently, I started seeing a new therapist, and so I had to fill out all of these intake forms and, like, measures, which are basically, like, not tests, but, like, they ask you questions about yourself and just kind of give information to your therapist, which is something you'll probably do if you seek out therapy. But in those first few sessions, it's a lot of, like, going through those things and talking about, like, things that just build trust. It's not necessarily diving right in. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like the first few sessions aren't, like, the most productive or deep, that's normal, would you say? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Welcome to Beyond Unmuted. This is a segment of the podcast where Sage and I, the producers alongside Sarah, talk about ways you can engage with the topic of the episode beyond the podcast. Yeah, and today we're going to show you all a really powerful coping technique for when you might feel anxiety, because obviously we can't go to therapy all the time and we need to have some other methods. Um, and this is just typically called like the five things uh, coping technique. Uh, it's super helpful to ground you in the present when your mind is, you know, looping between various anxious thoughts. All right. Are you ready, Sage? Yes. Okay. So the first step is to take a few slow, deep breaths. Try to slow your heart rate down a little, and we're going to start with the first step. Can you identify five things you see around you? Oh, yes. Well, we're sitting in the commuter lounge right now, so I see lots of fake plants. I see Michaela, my my podcast buddy. I see my laptop. I see the commuter fridge, and I see my phone. Okay, so now, Michaela, can you acknowledge four things you can feel around you? So I can feel my phone, the chair, and the table. One more. Oh, <laughs> this plant right here. There's a cute little plant. Cute little plant. Okay, so now what are three things you can hear? There is an event going on in the ark, so I can hear some mumbling from that. Just a second ago, I heard someone walk through the door. The third thing, the buzzing of the air yeah, conditioner. Yeah, buzzing sound. Yeah. So then what are two things you can smell? Honestly, 
Just smells like crisp air to me. I did shower before this, so my hair smells like shampoo. All right, finally, what is one thing you can taste? Um, the, <laughs> the leftover Cheetos, probably, <laughs> from a second ago. Um, yeah, not very cute. But anyways, what a cool and effective way to pull yourself out of your head if you need to and into the present moment. Uh, I'll definitely have to use this technique more often, especially when I'm feeling stressed. In the meantime, let's head back to the podcast with Sarah. See you guys. Bye. My name is Anika Barr. I am a freshman and I am currently an education major. And we'll just jump right in. Um, what type of therapy have you done in the past and what does that mean? Because there's so many different types. Okay, well, I've had two therapists in my life. The first was my freshman year of high school. It was just a very stressful time. But the therapists who have really, I feel, changed and saved my life are the ones that I have right now. I have a team of a therapist and a dietitian for my eating disorder, so very clinical. Um, they help me with my anorexia and all of that. And of course, being able to live in a society that is just full of diet culture. And really, they have really helped me get from my lowest low to such a great high and be able to be at school, which I think is incredible. And yeah, I just owe so much to them. Mm. How did you find them? Well, I went in for like a checkup or a physical for school and my di my um, doctor was like, you need to see, you need help pretty much. Mm. So she requested me to people. So it was, I was just very lucky to get a really good therapist and I don't know. I just love her so much, and I've been able to connect to her very well. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been working together? Um, we have been working together, I believe, since the end of my junior year of high school. So maybe almost two years, which is a very long time. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like that time has really helped us connect and be able to communicate very well. And, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. How have you seen your relationship with your therapist affect, like, the change you've been able to make throughout the years? I think we've always just had a very open, transparent relationship. Not only did we get along just, like, our personalities really meshed, but we've, we've always been very honest with one another. And I feel that has really, really helped. Not only that, but I am also have their emails. So if there's ever a concern or something, I'm able to talk to both my dietitian and my, my therapist. Mm -hmm. I consider both of them my therapist since they both help in that way. Yeah. I know you mentioned both of your therapists being this really safe space. Mm -hmm. Have you felt that safe space similarly in your family or in other communities or has it been hard to transition between that safe space with your therapist and then kind of going back out into the world i definitely feel most secure talking about my ed with them just because i know that they're trained to 
deal with it and I don't want to hurt other people when talking about my ED. Of course, I'm very transparent and I tell people because I feel like it's an important thing, especially since we're in a society that's just surrounded by food and physical appearance is so important. However, I definitely feel like I'm most open to them. But for the second part of your question, the person that I feel closest to talking about all this is my boyfriend. We've just, we've known each other since fifth grade, so I just feel like we have a closer relationship, and in that way, he sort of just understands, kind of saw a shift in my, just myself, and is just kind of open to listening and hearing. My parents and my sisters, of course, know about it, and I feel like they have just really pushed me to get better. I wouldn't necessarily say they've done it in the right way. I just feel like they're very desperate for me to get better, and because of that, they see it more as a physical thing and not a mental thing, and that has definitely caused me to relapse. So that is when I kind of lean on my therapists because they have definitely helped me be like, okay, it's not just physical, it's also mental, it's also the people you're surrounded with. Have you experienced any like stereotypes or stigmas either within yourself or just like the people around you that has made it hard for you to step into therapy or to be open to talking about it with people? I think the biggest stereotype is just that I'm a cis white female and I feel like people are like oh it's sh life should just be easy when really it's life is never easy for anyone and I feel like that is definitely makes me sometimes uncomfortable because although you can have an exterior very positive demeanor things will affect you regardless of just circumstance in life and so it's just that is a big feel like people should just be more aware of that regardless of how happy someone seems or regardless of i guess life experience and just how extravagant you always you always need someone mm. so therapy is a way to do that yeah let's just dive right in do you want to tell us a little bit about what type of therapy you have done or you are doing yeah um so i i'm currently still in therapy um I've been in therapy for around a year now, um, and for me in particular, I've been meeting with a marriage and family therapist, and so she really focuses on restoration therapy, which is a model under marriage and family therapy, and so, yeah, what that focuses on is mostly healing and um, restoring the way that an individual relates to their environment, so it's been ultimately for me to try to yeah, find safety within my body and the way that I relate to the world around me. Um, so that's, I mean, that's mainly what um, my therapist focuses on. Um, so I've been meeting with her, yeah, I mean, a 
yeah, right around a year now. So, yeah. Would you walk us through kind of the journey that you were on to get to therapy and making that decision? And then you're talking about that growth that you've made. Like, what has that all looked like? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, gosh, I mean, I, so I've been working with a mentor, um, my RD as an RA, and she's been incredible. Like, I'm super grateful for her. And yeah, she's like swam with me in some really deep waters. And I mean, I'm someone I like, I like to live honestly and vulnerably. So I, I like to speak in that language. And yeah, just through some conversations and our, and her mentorship, it kind of looked like what would it look like to expand my support system and to have someone who is knowledgeable and to have someone who is solely there to support me and listen to me and for me to be able to share my thoughts and for us to, yeah, to like walk through what could change look like in my life. And so I think it came to a point where I I wanted more for myself and yeah, I think, I mean, I recognize I'm not perfect and there were ways that maybe I related to myself in the world that were harmful and I didn't have the best narratives about myself. I mean, I'm imperfect and yeah, the ways that we grow up shape the ways that we view ourselves and the world around us and how we engage in relationships. And so I wanted growth and I wanted healing and I wanted a better life for myself. And so, yeah, and I wanted someone who was knowledgeable to walk me through that and someone who is trained in that area. And so my friends are great and yeah, the support system that I have outside of therapy is great, but it's it's different because it's someone who is knowledgeable on these things and who can help talk you through your thoughts or your behaviors, or your experiences in a way that that is really validating and has positive regard for you and acceptance and empathy. And yeah, I think like we kind of, I mean, to be, yeah, to kind of give an outline of what my experience has been. I went into therapy initially for... Um, to walk through some trauma and that's just that's where we started out and just to be able to really feel it and to walk through it and to and to have support and a safe space to navigate that and so that's where we started out but then I think over time we've now evolved into okay now how do I how do I show up in the world and in my relationships and honestly like how do I how do I find safety within my body within myself um and so yeah, it's been it's been really cool for the ways that she has maybe challenged some of my narratives and has pushed me to to be curious and to wonder, yeah, what if there's more than what I've always believed about myself and life and what relationships are supposed to look like? So there's been I think there's been movement and curiosity, which is kind of where we're at right now. And I think yeah, also with mental health, it it ebbs and flows. And so as a human, there are some days that are great and some days that are awful. And so to have someone to meet with consistently week by week to debrief the week and say these days were really hard and these days were really great and to have someone there to listen to me and and validate me and support me um yeah it's great because life is complicated and we can't i know that i'll never get get to a point where life is perfect um and i need support and connection yeah that's beautiful I've experienced a lot of that as well, like in my own therapy journey. I'm curious, you've talked a little bit about the feeling or like the things you've learned from therapy and how it makes you feel supported and there's someone who's empathetic to your story and giving you tools. Are there sometimes days that you finish therapy where you don't feel so great, where like even though it was a helpful session, 
it's still really hard to deal with those things post therapy is that something you relate to at all yeah i think i think that was more prevalent when i first started therapy and i maybe was processing some really heavy things in my life and it was like gosh like i'll feel these things and it definitely yeah i think it was more towards the beginning where i was trying to navigate how do i regulate my emotions um post therapy i think we were talking about more heavy things and things that have really impacted me in my life and so then to just walk out and drive back to school and be back in this environment and like nobody know that i just talked about like some really heavy dark things it definitely it took me a while to like navigate how do i how do i care for myself what what does post therapy look like like where can i yeah where can i tend to myself in the best way and let myself feel and process and and be cared for so it definitely took time um to to figure that out i would say yeah i'd say it was more prevalent towards the beginning and i think now i've kind of tried to listen to my body more know what spaces do i want to be in when i'm after processing some heavy things Mm, that's a really good point i think knowing how you're feeling after therapy and then deciding where you're going who you're hanging out with giving yourself the space to actually process those things and not just jump right back into daily life All right, as promised, here is a rapid fire round of all of our guests' advice for you. Be vulnerable and don't be afraid to be open-minded and really just open up to your counselor. I think people are scared of therapy because they don't know who their therapist will be. I think something people need to kind of realize is that the therapist that you're placed with at the beginning doesn't need to be your therapist forever. Sometimes the hardest part is just is is taking that risk and stepping into a space that is really scary. And I think to say we're all human and we all need support and connection. And I I'm proud of, yeah, anyone who takes that step to say I'm human and I need support. Before you go into a therapy session, I recommend that you journal and you kind of think about what you want to talk about. And um, throughout the week, keep a when you're talking to your friends, keep a list of things that you could potentially talk about in therapy. It's a scary process. It takes being brave. I think every time that you dig into your own trauma and you start to uncover things that have hurt you, it's scary. If you cry and you feel that fear, you're going to be okay. And you are brave enough to do this. Hey, thanks for sticking around until the end of this episode and for supporting us. Stay tuned for our next episode on rest with guests Lydia Sunberg and Jessica Hahn. Until then, make sure to stay safe and take care. This podcast would not be made possible without the Office of Multicultural and International Student Services at Point Loma Nazarene University. It was executively produced by Sarah Gleason. It was written and researched by Sage Tabor. The editing and graphics were created by Michaela Norwood. It was recorded by Point Radio at Point Loma Nazarene University.